listening to the Grand Central Sports Podcast, covering New York sports and beyond. Welcome, everyone, to a special edition of Grand Central Sports. I'm Andrew Vancura alongside Ricky Valerio and Gavin O'Grady. Boys, how are we doing? Doing great as always, ABC. Doing great on this special occasion here. So special occasion for the first time on this GCS podcast, we are talking baseball. One of our favorite sports probably between the three of us. We're all huge, huge baseball fans, huge Yankee fans. So it was great that we finally got to talk about this. So baseball offseason, why did we wait till now to talk about this? Well, mainly because the MLB lockout began on Wednesday, December 1st at midnight. So really, I guess December 2nd, the lockout. So what does that mean? For those who don't know, a brief explanation. Um, The collective bargaining agreement or CBA between the Players Association and the owners of the Major League Baseball teams expired. This is the general law that governs the league as it goes. So because of this, no baseball activities are going on at all until this is resolved. The offseason and anything else that happens while the CBA is not in place is suspended. So what does that mean for the offseason? No signings, no trades, no re-signings or foreign signings while this is going on. Teams can make no moves. Um, hopefully it doesn't carry into the start of the actual season, but if it does, this is the potential of what happens. No regular season games, no spring training. Um, and of course no playoffs and no world series. This happened last time back in 1994. Uh, they locked up the world series. Uh, I cannot stress enough how much baseball does not need a long work stoppage. I know you guys probably agree with this for a sport that is always getting called out for losing its popularity a little bit. Um, a lengthy work stoppage would be the worst for baseball. Just again, a brief explanation of what the key issues are that these two annoying sides are debating on. Uh, player salary control. So uh, the players want to make more money earlier and don't want to have those long years of team control and arbitration. Um, some teams want a, some players in the players union want a spending floor for teams so that teams like the A's and Pirates can't just put out like $30 million payroll. They want a minimum, something around. I think it was 80 to 100 million, which really isn't that much for a lot of these owners. And they should be spending about that much. Um, Foreign substances. It was the spider tack last year. Pine tar, all that stuff is going to be up in the debate. The expanded playoffs. um, The owners want the expanded playoffs. They want extra revenue. The players really don't want it because it dilutes the playoffs and it makes it easier for mediocre teams to get in. Revenue sharing. This is always an issue in sports. How much of the money the team makes should go towards the owners? How much of it should go towards reinvestment into the team? The universal DH, um, obviously only the AL has a DH. The NL does not. Uh, The players union wants the universal DH. This has been one where it's basically, if you want the universal DH, they want the expanded playoffs. That's kind of how that's been going. Which ball to use? A quick overview of this controversy that just popped up. Basically, the MLB was using this lighter ball which was allowing for more home runs, but because of the pandemic uh, supply shortages, from overseas they could not get more of the lighter balls so they switched back to the heavier balls hoping no one would notice that's why we had that massive regression of hitters in the back half of the season and relocation rules teams like tampa bay and oakland have been talking about moving from their cities and the league wants to get those rules and parameters squared away so with that being said boys i will turn to you if you have any comments on this well that was uh Sure, uh, a great explanation and a mouthful of what this uh, whole lockout really is all about. Um, and, you know, all our first time experiencing an MLB lockout officially, you know, obviously 94, there was no World Series winner and whatnot. Um, luckily, though, with the, the change of when the CBA expires, we will definitely get a season. I would, you know, definitely assume I've heard so many different people saying we're not going to miss games. We're going to miss one month. We're not going to start till the summer. Um, obviously as just an outside fan, I have no clue what's going to happen. I really, I don't want to say, oh, we're going to If I had to take a guess, I don't think this passes spring training. I, I don't I think feel, that it can't for baseball's sake. This can't carry to the race. You regular. say that, but the owners want their money so bad and that's all they care. Oh, they do. About. And the players, the players too. The players and the players want it. it and the players want it bad too. I mean, there's if, been a ton of a ton of stuff going on. With the if players. the negotiations back in 2020, when we had the whole shortened season, where there was that whole thing, if that is any indication, this is going to drag on for a while. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, I have a bad feeling about it. I don't think we're going to get anywhere near a full season. I think we're going to get 
100 to 110 games if we're lucky. You know, and I know, Gav, you you said the other day that you're hearing signs. I heard July 4th. I, I just saw it on Twitter of a bunch of – from too, a blue yeah. check – yeah, from some blue check mark people just, like, in the industry and stuff. Like, they're hearing July 4th start date. Um, obviously, that would be it's the not, worst thing in the world. But it's not, not what we – obviously, it's not a full season, so it kind of stinks. But if that's what they're going to give us – and it's kind of crazy, boys. Like, if you think about it, like, through our lifetime, like we said, baseball hasn't had a lockout since 1994. Hockey had one in 04 and 05. Hockey had one in 04. But other, the NBA yeah. had one in 08. Uh, 08, The NFL yep. had one in, I think, 2008. I don't 2002, maybe, something like yeah, that. Yeah, but from, for most of our lifetimes, there hasn't been a ton of lockouts, thank God. It's and now it's just because the leagues can't afford them. They lose too yeah. much money. And now we're and now we're going to see one probably for the first time that we're really paying attention to sports like in depth now. And um, let's see how this goes. Let's hope it uh, it gets resolved pretty quickly. All right. So that being said, let's get away from all the doom and gloom of that, and let's talk about the brighter spots. The off season was underway. A lot of free agency moves have happened. As a New York podcast, let's start with our New York teams. Let's start with the team in New York that's actually trying to get better this offseason, the New York Mets. Yeah, uh, Ricky, would you, like to, would you like to start us off with that? Yeah, sure. I was going to say, despite us all being Yankee fans, the Mets have 110% earned the right to go first for tonight. Um, an offseason champions banner. Go ahead. And let's do it. Yeah. Before even we talk about Max Scherzer, obviously this is the huge, huge signing. The one signing that, honestly, I didn't expect and I just got kind of blown away by was them stealing Starling Marte. This that was, was a great move. As, as a Yankee fan, this was probably my number one target. A lot of people may hate me for that. I wanted Marte more than I wanted Seager, more than I wanted Correa. Or I don't blame you. Uh, dude, Ricky, you we, Ricky, Ricky, we were talking about getting Starling Marte right around right Joey Gallo. Line. Yeah, right around when we got Joey Gallo. And we were both saying how much more we wanted Starling Marte because he could hit for average. He could steal bases. He's an athletic player. He's an athletic right outfielder. Yeah, I, Gallo's a fantastic fielder, but he really can hit, as we saw throughout last year. He The occasional bomb, which obviously is good every once in a while, but we need guys that, to hit for average. Marte was at the top of my wish, wish list for a while. Uh, credit to the Mets, man. They hopped on The yeah. only issue with Marte, this is the only issue I have with him, is that I believe he's 34 coming on this year. That's he's an older guy. He's an older outfielder. Um, I thought he was 33 turning 34 this year. Fact check that for me. Yeah. The only thing I have an issue with, with him in particular, some players age very well. The reason I'm scared Marte won't is a lot of his game is predicated on his athleticism. A lot of his game is predicated on his speed, his range. We saw a similar thing kind of happen to Andrew McCutcheon, speaking of former Pittsburgh outfielders where they go from this elite level to like kind of falling off because they lose their speed, they lose their range, and they're never quite the same unless they can really adjust. But I think it's a four-year deal, uh, $78 million. That's about what I expected them to get. Um, I, think you have, I think you're getting at least two good years out of Marte, barring uh, no injuries. I would say at least two, you know, I mean, this is, yeah. this is a guy known for his athleticism, his whole career. Yeah. You don't just casually steal almost 50 bags and then just kind of fall off the next season. Maybe he won't bat 300. Maybe he'll bat 275, 280, whatnot. But if he's on base, he's a threat to steal. Oh, I think absolutely. all four of those years, if, if not, maybe just the first three. Look, the I, Mets needed a top of the lineup guy. They needed a leadoff guy. And he, he's perfect for that. Yeah, prop, props to Uncle Steve, man. Uncle Steve, he's spending his money. But, and, what's, and what's really crazy is, too, we're going to look down this list, and I see Mark Canna, or Canna, and he's kind of a, and he's kind of a similar leadoff guy, I feel like, a little bit, too. Yeah. He, put, he hit leadoff with the A's. Yeah, he hit leadoff with the A's. Um, and he hit, for, he hit 275. That's not bad at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they're getting him him. and they're getting him at a I feel like that's a modest 13.25 for a player of yeah. his type. The only like thing it's again it's a two-year deal. The only thing again with him is age. He's an older player. But yeah, I think it's just like positional flexibility and high OBP. Uh, but to me, the biggest steal of this is Eduardo Escobar. Again, very again, older player, but a ton of 
positional flexibility, play third, second, short, first, the outfield. He's an all-star. <laughs> He's an, an all-star. All-star. He can hit. A, from a terrible Arizona team to a great second half of the Brewers. He's a switch hitter. He's got some pop. Um, only two years, 20 mil, which I know he's like 34 or whatever it is, but still in today's sports economy to get a guy like that for only 10 mil a year, that's, that's a great move. Yeah. For uncle Stevie, that's, that's probably about 10. And then, uh, let's talk about the big one. Do the Mets now have the greatest punch punch of all time? Oh, oh no. No, 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 All time, no, 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 Hit me with your explanation. Um, it's mainly because I don't expect to see the same Max Scherzer that we saw this year. I don't. Um, I don't think he'll be bad. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think, I think last year was his last year of prime Scherzer. I think he's going to fall off slightly. And as far as other pitching, would you have, uh, Andrew? I, I just have a question though. Would you have said that if he didn't sign with the Mets? Yes, absolutely. You, you would one hundred percent. Okay, I, so I, I just want to make sure because I he, listen. He, I get it. I have a Mets bias sometimes too. But. That's why I didn't. I personally didn't want the Yankees to get him because I thought he was going to fall. I'm, I'm thinking he's going to fall off. I. It's hard because Scherzer's defied it for so long. And by the way. I just, I just see. There's no way he lives up to 43 and, and a half million per year. That, that is I mean, no one can really live up to year. That. You can't really live up to 43. Like, look at Garrett Cole. Look at we gave he's him making like less 30. than Garrett. He's making more than Garrett Cole. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, look, we gave 33 Same. to Garrett Cole after we thought he was going to be this amazing, amazing stud. Look what he did the last two months. You know, it was awful. I think so that was I, the injury, really, for Cole. He's still been yeah. really good for most of his Yankees career. He's still yeah. been I agree. top of the rotation arm barring his upsetting performance in the wild card game. That was a hostile atmosphere. That's a whole other story for another time. The thing with Scherzer, the only reason is because the reason they don't have the best one-two punch of all time is you don't know how if DeGrom's going to be able to stay healthy and you don't know if Scherzer's going to maintain form as he gets older. That's why. There's been better one-two punches in history going back to guys like, um, this is a recent one, but Roy, prime Roy Halliday and Cliff Lee with, the, oh, with that 08 Phillies team. Um, Roy Oswalt, Roy Oswalt, and Roger Clemens. Roy Oswalt, Roger Clemens, uh, Randy Johnson, and I'm trying to blank. Who else was on that Seattle team? Um, oh, no, I'm trying to remember. Randy Johnson had a great number two. Even when Max Scherzer was with Detroit, you have to remember Detroit had a rotation at one point that was prime Scherzer and prime Verlander on the same team. Even Houston's a few uh, like two years ago with. Uh, end of his prime Verlander and prime Cole. Like that was a filthy one too. So I'm going to need to and see it on the field before I call these guys that. You're right. You're hundred percent right. I don't know, man. I saw, I saw uh, the Mets um, social media team. They posted something is a picture of Jake and Scherzer and a picture of pocket aces. And it was just like, can you spot the difference? And then it's like, no, I don't see a difference. I mean, look, if you want to take two pitchers, who can go out at any game and dominate, that's DeGrom and Scherzer. Those are two guys who will put out the best game probably you'll see all season. They will probably throw the best game. Uh, right. If you had to pick the pitchers who threw the best game all season as starters, these two guys will probably be on the list because that's what they do. Now, the biggest question, though, with this, you know, obviously Scherzer's age is a factor to possibly, you know, quote-unquote yes. people were calling him dead arm and whatnot. I wouldn't call him dead arm, but I just can't see him. I just can't see him having a 2.1 ERA again or whatever it was he had last year. But my whole thing is if, if you get 400 innings out of a DeGrom and Scherzer one, two punch pitching 40% of your games, does this make them like built to make a deep playoff run after they were supposed to be a playoff team this year and completely brick the division? Not with that bullpen in baseball, not with that bullpen. They'll, they'll win the division if they if they if that rotation's healthy and that lineup is healthy and performs to expectations. They will probably be the favorite to win that division, but they were the favorite to win the division last year. That bullpen is still flaming wreckage, and there's no help coming. And they lost one of their better left-handed arms in Aaron Loop to the Angels. That was a big loss. That that's something I feel like people haven't really talked about. And that, here's the other big loss: they lost Adam. Marcus Stroman. They lost yep. a guy who was really probably really consistent for them going through. 
They lost him for the Cubs. So who are you replacing him with? Davis Peter, David Peterson's coming off Tommy John. You got what? Cookie Carrasco. You're going to throw him into the top three spots in the rotation. And then you've got Taiwan Walker, who was great in the first half and then fell off a cliff. Yeah, he was terrible. Second half, he was awful. The back half of that rotation, the worry for me is you've got so much invested in those first two arms. If you lose one of them for an extended period of time, your pitching is going to be a problem. Yeah, I mean, you make a fair point there, but I just think that when you can have arguably the two best pitchers in baseball, if not the best, and then Scherzer a top five, pitching 40% of your games – you're expecting to win, you know. I'm, I'm, I know I'm throwing a whole bunch of percentages, yeah. but you're expecting to win probably at least eighty to eighty-five percent of those forty percent of the games that they start. That is a lot of games. I'll argue this though, Ricky. They've had Degrom pitching like that for a while, and they've had issues winning with him. So unless the lineup steps up and gives these aces run support, it's still going to be an issue. That's why they went out and spent money, though. That's yeah. why they went and and I mean, look, and they boosted they, that lineup. The and they put the players Mets, around Lindor. The key for the Mets is going to be in their star shortstop. It's going to be Lindor. If he, he gets to back to his prime form with the Indians, they are a top five team in the league. If he does what he did last year, it could be a problem. Could be a problem. Yeah, uh, but their key departures. Lindor. Let's let's just let's keep moving to their key departures. Uh, Baez. Um, this one kind of surprised me. I to the Tigers, right? Yeah, Big deal. we'll get more into Baez himself a little bit later, but it was surprising to me that he let – I mean, I guess we can do it now. He, uh, he goes to the Tigers on, what was it, a six-year, 140? 170. 170. I'm pretty sure it's 170. Um, yeah. A lot of people – yeah. It was 170. Was it not six no, for 170? Six for 140, 23 per. Oh, okay. All right, that's what I thought. Um. So Baez going to the Tigers, uh, a lot of people thought it was going to be Correa heading to Detroit. Um, it's Baez instead. I think he's a great fit there in Detroit. Um, they desperately needed a shortstop, and they desperately needed somebody who could uh, bring people to the ballpark. Baez is that dude. When he's hot, he's one of the most fun players to watch in baseball. Uh, sure. He's just going to strike out a lot. That's what, that's what you're going to deal with. But um, I don't think the Mets are going to miss him too much, uh, especially if their depth and Eduardo Escobar stays healthy. You can move Jeff McNeil now back to the infield where he's more comfortable. Um, you still have J.D. Davis to throw around. You have Dom Smith if he's healthy. There's, he deserves to play every day. There's and so many guys. That I just can, The one thing I always talk to like some of our friends that are Mets fans, I just don't understand why J.D. Davis does not get the playing time he deserves. I mean, this is a guy that at a point was probably their best hitter midway through the season. I don't get it either. Like he he's one of their best hitters, and he just gets disrespected for no reason. There's this weird dis- disrespect and hate. I have to ask a Mets fan why they hate him so much sometimes, because there seems to be this weird hatred towards him. Uh, but as far as the other departures, um, the big one is Syndergaard to me. Um, I was kind of surprised that he didn't just immediately accept the qualifying offer, but you know, Big Daddy Artie Moreno, Steve Cohen is literally Artie Moreno on the East Coast. He really is. Um. Artie Moreno throwing the one-year $21 million at him. Anything to throw a one-year massive contract at a pitcher. This is typical Angels. Um, hopefully, he pans out for them. Uh, he definitely needed a change of scenery, though. I think for both teams, it was probably right time to move Yeah, on. at this point, I don't think the Mets are going to be missing Syndergaard too much. I mean, what, what has he done for you? What, you what have they missed? <laughs> he hasn't been playing for him. Right. Uh, but to me, like I said uh, earlier, I think the big one for them is losing Stroman. Yeah, that, that's some that's somebody that kind of carried that pitching staff when the ground went down. I mean, Stroman Stroman was lights out. Yeah. Three, he had a 302 ERA with yeah. a ton of innings pitched. I mean, Fantastic. Also, by the way, what the hell are the Cubs doing? Yeah, that's confusing as you to why up, they went out and got him. The, you blow it up at the deadline, then you add Marcus Stroman and Jan Gomes. Are you adding pieces to trade at the deadline? Like, what? The Cubs are, like, insidiously cheap with free agency sometimes, and it's really baffling. Like, I Maybe. just don't get it. Maybe they're going to tamper, and uh, Chris Bryan and Rizzo head back home for another run. No, Brian, maybe. Brian, Brian ain't going back. Rizzo, maybe. Brian ain't going back. Somebody else will throw that way more money at him. So the big other ones of who's kind of like still out there, uh, VR and Pilar, uh, with the signings that have been made, I think Escobar is the VR replacement, and um, Canna is kind of the Pilar replacement, but or upgrades, if you want to call it that. Um, those guys are probably gone. As far as the bullpen, uh, Batantis, I would imagine, is probably gone. Familia, I don't know. I mean. You know what I heard? Go ahead. 
I heard Juris Familia, at least for my friends, they told me that the Red Sox have interest in him. I'm not shocked. I mean, there's a the, bullpen, the bullpen market this year is a lot of uh, veteran journeyman guys. So I could see him getting like a one year deal from a team, from a contender who's yeah. desperately looking for bullpen help. And then the last big question is Michael Conforto. The one thing that's surprising with Conforto is that this was his contract year, right? This is the year you want to ball out. You want to get locked up big time, right? Right. And he did not do that. No. At all. He it's batted 230, 15 home runs. <laughs> I mean, just was not the Michael Conforto that the Mets had seen in that shortened season, what they really had expected from him. And he got a, he got a qualifying offer of over $18 million and declined it. I was honestly shocked at that. I'm not sure what his take was on that. If it was, I have to imagine it's just he wants a change of scenery. That's the only thing I can think of. I disagree. I disagree. I I think that he deserves more. I think, I think he wants term. I want, I justify giving him once. Well, he, I, that's another question. I think, I think Conforto wants term. He wants a long term contract to be locked up somewhere and. Honestly, I, I actually, you know, this is funny that we bring this up because I was listening to the Michael K show probably about two weeks ago, and they were talking about Conforto, and they were saying this: he should totally take the qualifier with the Mets because that 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 AAV right there of eighteen point four million. Who else is going to pay him that after looking no at one. his numbers? No one. I mean, eighteen point four a year for that guy. Unless he should have taken like, that. Unless some weird small market team like decides they're going to throw money at him because he's a name at this point, I can't think of anyone who would give him that contract. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I don't see him getting 18 for an AAV. Maybe he'll get the term that you're talking about. Maybe he'll get some. <clears> maybe like, he'll get like, like four a, years, like a, 32 mil or something. Yeah, like, that's I, I don't know what else you're going to get at this point. Exactly. And that's why people are saying, or Michael K, and I 100% agree with him on this, that. You take the one-year deal, you run with it, and you perform, and you you battle your ass off that one season, and try to make people pay you more. Because people, you look at that guy's number. Who on earth would pay eighteen point four million of that? No, he one. was batting below the Mendoza line at a point during the season for a long stretch throughout the season. And the other you thing is, want, it's not like his know? defensive metrics justify giving him some massive contract. It's not that he's like – I'm not saying he's a scrub defender, but he's not an elite enough defender to justify that. He's, he's not a Joey Gallo to me. He's exactly. not a Joey Gallo to me. Well, Joey Gallo – like a Kevin Kiermaier yeah. who has like – who's getting paid like $12 million, Kevin Kiermaier. The guy hits – Yeah, and, and he's, been, he's like basically – thirty-six. Yeah, like, and he's paid to he's, play the field. Yeah, he's, he's paid to play the field. He's a field. he's a Gold Glove center fielder, probably Jackie, the best one of the best fielders in yeah, center Kiermaier, field. Jackie position. Bradley, those guys are elite fielders who get the money. If you're a guy like Conforto and you're not hitting, you're not getting paid. It's just not happening. I agree. I agree. Just, I I just I find it crazy that he didn't want to take eighteen million dollars to bet on himself. I, I know. I, I it, it's just shocking because because what if he did go out there and he did go back to that short in 2020 season and he bats he bats 280 not even 320 but he bats 280 i mean he's easily going to get 20 to 22 a year after that for a term i mean know? and it's just so weird you'd think like with the lockout and everything there's no way he's going to get more after even even if he was playing better not if he was playing superstar level but if he was playing solid he wouldn't get more after the lockout, probably. So why not just take the one-year prove-it? I, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I, I really great, don't. I mean, surprising move to me. So if we look at, like, who's left in free agency, is there anyone else that the Mets really should go after at this no, point? No, I think they're done. You think I think they're they're done? Yeah, I don't think they need anything else. If you want to go try to go after a bullpen guy, I guess if you want to go splurge a little bit, but maybe grab I don't know a guy where... like Yus, maybe grab a guy like a Yusmero Petit or something. Yep. Maybe grab or a guy like... like a Sergio Romo, someone with some postseason yep. experience. Yep, a hundred percent. If they want to do anything at all, if not, then I think they're done. They spend, I mean, Steve Cohen can also make adjustments during the year. Yeah. Um, once I baseball mean... gets back on track, whenever they figure out a trade deadline, I'm sure they'll be active. You know, there'll be buyers probably once again, especially if yeah. players aren't playing well. Yeah, they, um, we'll they see can, with the Mets. I don't think the Mets can be done. They they cannot, as big as the signing of Scherzer and Marte were, 
they can't just go out and not address the loss of Aaron Loop out of the bullpen. I, I just think that they need – they're not done bullpen They need a bullpen arm. They do. They and need they, bullpen okay, and that's fair enough. And that's but, fair but enough to say Here's that. the thing, though. Here's the thing. Bullpen is usually the main position that teams address at the trade deadline. That's always the position that's getting moved around. There's that always is, some bad team with a couple quality bullpen arms that they move with the deadline. So the one thing might be just to see what your staff has got because bullpen, bullpen arms are hot and cold. You know, you never really know what you're going to get from a good bullpen arm. Most of, you know why elite closers, like, you know why Erodis Chapman got so much money? Because finding consistent relievers is almost as hard as finding consistent starters. It's really hard to find relievers who are even going to throw a sub three ERA multiple seasons in a row. Like Chapman's very consistent though. That's not, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not everyone. But even finding a guy like a um, – just finding a guy like uh, Adam Adovino back when he was with the Rockies or finding a guy like a Peter Fairbanks on the Rays, finding guys who are just going to throw below like a 3.5 ERA consistently, that's so important coming out of the bullpen. And the Mets are going to have to address this if they want to make it deep in October. You always notice who are the teams that make the deep runs is the teams that can rely on their bullpen. I mean, look at the Braves. The Braves are pulling out these dudes. Yeah. No one knew who they were, and they won the World Series for them. Look at I the mean, Braves. Look at no the Matt, uh, um, no Soroka, no Acuna, and this is still your World Series champ. Yeah, you know? and that's how important the trade deadline is. You just got to make those smart, small adjustments. Usually, you don't usually need a big splash at the deadline. That usually doesn't, unless it's like a major one, like it's Castellanos or somebody like that. Nobody much to go with. So none of the major free agent targets left, whether it's Correa, Castellanos, or any of those guys, we think the Mets are out on those guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the Mets are going to make another big splash. I think um, Scherzer was the clear splash. <clears throat> the surprise, I would say surprise signing of Marte. Um, I would say the Mets are basically done. I didn't even think about this. Where does Brandon Nimmo play now? Who the heck knows? Utility player off I the did bench. Not even, I did not even think about that. Where does Brandon Nimmo play now? Jesus. One of your better you sign, last when year. You, when you sign all these players, you run out of space. And I mean, I, I guess it's a good problem to have, but, I mean, maybe, maybe – Not for him. He's not going to want to play. He's yeah, going to want to no, play. Maybe, I mean, maybe this is the uh, – maybe this is when some of these guys, you trade them for bullpen arms. Maybe this is what you do. These are the guys you move. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be I tough. Mean, you got to carry four outfielders, right? Yeah, so, but let's I mean, think about that. So we got Marte, Canna, we'll assume Nimmo still. Uh, Escobar play think, the outfield. McNeil can play the outfield. Gone. Conforto's probably gone. Uh, Pilar's probably gone. They could maybe bring him back. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, this is where the whole DH Albert, Albert Almora maybe coming back. He stinks. I mean, he does, but he's a decent defensive outfielder when he's not running into a wall. Um. <laughs> You got Dom but Smith. Who, Dom like, Smith is not an outfielder. Dom, yeah, no, Dom, he's like Smith, Smith, Dom Smith is an insult to the word outfield. Dom remember, Smith also sucks too, so was, it doesn't I matter. The, I was at the Subway Series game on the 4th of July, and we were yelling at him from the stands that he couldn't play the outfield, and he got so pissed he flipped us off. That was literally – like, that man is a butcher in the outfield. He stinks, dude. He's that not man, a good that, player. That man is the is the epitome of putting like Nelson Cruz out there in the outfield right now. That's how, but without the arm, that's how bad Dom Smith is in the outfield. But yeah. yeah, the universal DH. If that happens for the Mets, who do you put? Maybe maybe Pete Alonso goes to the DH spot now when you play Mark Canna at first. Well, no, I think it also could just be used as in getting guys an extra yeah. day off. Getting you guys know, extra day off. Getting, getting other baseball. guys in the lineup. Yeah, agreed. I think I think the Mets they should have they should have high hopes this year. If 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 they do something again like they did this past year after being the favorites to win the division to you know losing the entire second half of the season and you know that stretch where they lost yeah. 15 out of 17 games or whatever it was against the Dodgers yeah. and Giants, uh I just I, you that cannot happen again. You don't want you don't want to become the mid 2000 you don't want to become the uh late 2010 uh Nationals or the mid 2000s Tigers. You don't want to be those teams who spend like a billion dollars on player contracts and don't sn- and get like a 1 and 8 record in the World Series. You don't want to be that team. Right. Yeah, no, and what was I, I was going to say something about the Mets. Um for me for them at least keep in mind 
they were the team. They had the longest lead for any stretch of time for a mm-hmm. division leader at, at a point. I think it was 109 days. They were yeah. in first place to start the year. Yeah. <laughs> and then to end the year, they were, they were in that miserable stretch. That, that Like you said, that happens again. I think Mets world explodes, dude. I this 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 it's, fan base. I don't want. I don't want to be a Mets fan if that happens. I will say though, before we move on, the New York fan bases are definitely probably the t- some of the two most fed up in in sports right now in terms of baseball. And so, yeah. With that being said, um, I think the Mets season really relies on you know the health of Jacob Degrom and Max Scherzer. If these two guys stay healthy. Uh, I think this team is poised for a deep playoff run here. Just not to mention Lindor getting his bat back. Right, 100%. So uh, I guess now we'll move on to obviously our favorite team, who we sh- we shouldn't even be talking about. There's oh my god! Oh, there's plenty to talk about. Just no, 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 not about actual signs. The uh, the big offseason acquisition we have made. You actually mentioned this in one of our pods our earlier yep. episodes. Jolie Rodriguez, big signing, and that's all we got. That oh, wait, wait, no, no, that is not true. There's okay. one other signing. What was it? For a one-year $640,000 deal, we have signed former Met. Um, oh. Jose Peraza. Yes, thank you. Jose Peraza, shortstop and utility man who played all of, I think, 60 games for the Mets. We couldn't have just kept Tyler Wade for that. I'm still That's so, what I'm saying. I'm what? so angry about so that. The Yankees, they dumped Tyler Wade, Rugnet Odor, uh, and Clint Frazier. Uh, the Clint Frazier one was coming for a while. Uh, yeah. Taking it from a Clint Frazier fan, I was always a big Clint Frazier guy. Um, it, it was time. He needed a change of scenery. I didn't think it would be the Cubs. Again, weird offseason for the Cubs, but, you know, good for him. Hopefully he's able to rejuvenate his career. He had a lot of bad luck when with the Yankees uh, injuries. He's just got so much pop. Cold. He's got so much potential with the bat. Yeah, I I really like Frazier. I hope I hope he can have a decent career and stay healthy. You know. Yeah. But um, two departures that I'm sure most Yankee fans are quite happy about. Uh, Andrew Heaney. I don't know. Thank what Yankees God. I don't know what they were doing trading for him. That was just. What is LA I, doing signing him? I'm for a one year eight too. million dollar deal. I had my one the turncoat the Yankee and Dodger fan hybrid Matt Gonzalez calling me throwing a fit because the Dodgers had signed Andrew Heaney. That's just such a crazy, crazy signing for so much money for <laughs> no dude. If they're trying, he's a rehab, but he's a rehab arm. I call it a rehab arm. They're trying to fix him. They're trying to, he's a fix him up. He's and knowing the Dodgers, project. they probably will fix him somehow. So that'll be, I know um, to me, because this one affects the Yankees more. This one scares me is Corey Kluber going to the Rays. Somehow Tampa's gonna get him like gonna get one year of his like Cleveland uh, Cleveland form. No, I, I think that's over with. with. He's too old. Gonna happen. Yeah, Cleveland's shot. <laughs> I'm 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 uh, fine with Tampa Bay taking him. He's shot. I don't mind that whatsoever. And then uh, Odor to Baltimore. That's just perfect. I don't know why. I feel bad for Rudin Odor. That guy, you know, he signed. He had a couple of years in Texas where what I don't know what it is with Texas with low average, big home run, big walk guys, but he had a. He had a year in Texas where he hit, like, I think, like, 33 home runs or something. And for an undersized guy at his size at second base, that was really good. But power-hitting second baseman, much like power-hitting first baseman, can have brutal regressions. That's what he suffered in Texas. Then the Yankees get him for literally nothing. Texas is still paying – was still paying his salary this year. Um, and, you know, he was, he was serviceable for a time. He had a couple spots in the season where he was good. He was a decent bat off the bench. Just, I don't know. It just seemed like a weird cut to me when you just needed a lefty bat off the bench who could play a couple infield spots. I, yeah, I just, keeping him I, or Wade. I mean, you should have kept Wade. but Yeah. I don't but, think it was necessary for both of them to be kept. I don't also think it was necessary for them to cut both of them. I think they should have, you know, kept Wade as a depth guy. He batted like 260, 270 in his minimal. His bat finally was decent this year. I mean, I've been on record saying this. Tyler Wade is the perfect approximation of what I would call a career bench guy. Like that is, if I had to build a bench player, Tyler Wade is that dude. He's fast. He can play almost every position on the diamond. Uh, He's willing to do all those things. He can steal bases. He's fast. Pinch run him. You can defensive sub him. Like that. that's a perfect guy to have on your bench come playoff time. So I decided. I really hope. 
I hope he pans out with the Angels. I hope he does great for them. I, really... I hope he does. You know, I hope he has a breakout year for them at shortstop or something and becomes their their guy. Like that, you know, I've always liked Tyler Wade. So hopefully he uh he has a good year for them. Oh boy. So the real conundrum of this is um okay, let's start with this. Here's the big conundrum. So the Yankees have done nothing this offseason. It's been crickets. And it's been a lot of mixed messages from management. You know, Cashman came out at the beginning of the offseason saying he had permission to expand the budget. He's going to go out and throw some money at some people. And then all of a sudden, almost a not even a week later, like three days later, after they'd been linked to guys like Seeger, main one was Corey Seeger, all year. Suddenly, the reports are coming out that the Yankees are out on all those guys, that they don't want to pay. Originally, it was they don't want to pay anyone besides Seager or Correa, like a big money contract, which, okay, fine. If the, if the methodology is you don't want to pay Story or Baez a $100 million contract, fine. But now it's that you don't want to get anybody, and you're looking for a stopgap for when Volpe or Peraza comes up. Volpe just got moved to high A, which means he's probably still at least two years away from the majors. And this isn't, this is a particularly top heavy shortstop class. Like the top guys are great, but then after that, it's a load of blah. You've got Jose Iglesias, who hasn't been relevant since he was in Detroit. You've got Andrelton Simmons, who is a cancer, apparently, according to Minnesota. His, law, his defensive metrics went down for the first time in his career. His bat was one of the was worse than it's ever been. Uh, Freddie Galvis actually went to go play in Japan. That's how weak his market was. So what is the – I don't know. It's a mixed message this offseason. Is it are you spending the big bucks to push this team over the top? Or are you of the methodology that, you know, we have the pieces, let's just run it back? Because I don't know what the hell they're doing. The message has been so unclear. Cashman's got one year left on his contract. They just re-upped Boone. Um, Boone's a puppet. Like, it seems like, oh, he's absolutely a puppet. I've been saying that for years at this point. Um, it seems like Hal's cheaping out. He doesn't want to go over the luxury tax again. Either that or they just know they're going to have to pay Judge Big Bucks, so they're saving for that. I don't know what it is. But, you know, Seeger going to the te- to Texas. Um, he established the market. Texas. The only guy left for the Yankees, that's the big money guy that they could get, is Carlos Correa, and half the fan base and half the roster apparently doesn't want. But the crazy thing is, too, I think he's a beat reporter, or not, maybe not beat reporter, I don't know, but a Cubs reporter, Mike Rodriguez, uh, he broke the news of the Javi Baez contract. He has come out and said that the Yankees and the Cubs are really the only two teams that are kind of in on Correa. Not only teams, but like, the two teams that have really like kept their tabs on him and that are going to probably push the most. The problem with Correa is I actually think he has less leverage than he thinks he does. Um, he wants to get paid like Seager. The problem is that Correa and people forget this. Correa's had injury issues over his career. Not nothing major, but small things that have taken him out for chunks of time. There's also the whole cheating scandal thing, which some people don't want to deal with. There's also the fact that while he's a very good hitter, He's not a elite hitter like Seager. Like the the ceiling for his hitting isn't quite where Seager's is. He's not going to hit like 330 and hit 30 bombs. He'll probably hit something like 278 and hit like 26 bombs. Yeah, but which, his floor is probably higher than Seager's floor. It is. His floor yeah. with his defense is definitely higher. He's also uh unlike Seager, he's a righty bat. And it's just I don't know. It, it's a weird situation where the market is now thinning. Who out there really wants us to put big money on a shortstop now? The Dodgers uh, are probably just going to put Chris Taylor there for the time being. And they got Trey Turner. Uh, Trey Turner. Uh, oh, yeah. For Trey Turner. Jeez, I forgot. So, yeah, you got Trey, they got Trey Turner. So they're not going after anybody. Uh, the Mariners are committed to J.P. Crawford. Texas fixed up their infield. Uh, the White Sox aren't going to get him to play at second base. And they're not going to move Tim Anderson to second base. So that's not happening. Um, Detroit filled up their gap. The only other team that I think could be a surpriser for Correa is Miami. Uh, they've started throwing around some money this year. Miguel Rojas is a free agent for them. I think he could be a really good fit in Miami. That would probably be, but given what he said about Derek Jeter, I doubt that's happening. 
Yeah, that's true too. You know, I mean, Jeter, Jeter's not a big owner in the Marlins, like percentage wise, but isn't he like the one basically that's like he he's making a decision? He, yeah. he has the same ownership package that Jordan does with the Charlotte Hornets, where he only owns like 7% of the team, but that 7% came with a clause where he has control of team ops. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think uh, Jeter is going to like that too much. I don't think he goes to Miami, but I like the idea because I want the Marlins to be good so bad. So, as far as the Yankees go, I, I've been rambling here for a minute. What do you guys think? I think I'll go first just so we could start this. Um, I think that for me, I always had it as the best fit at shortstop would be Corey Seager. I always thought the Yankees would get Seager. Um, obviously, I was wrong. Uh, Texas wanted him. They paid for him. Got good for Texas. I think they're a great organization. Straight to Pers- I know. Uh, personally, oh, man, I don't want – I want the Yankees to sign a good first baseman. I, I do. I want, I want to throw money at Freeman. I, I'm a huge fan of him. I've always been a Freddie Freeman guy. Just don't see him leaving Atlanta. There's no That's way. That's the thing. I know. I, I know. No I, 100%, I 100% agree. Um, if not, you go get Matt Olson. So you're in on the Matt Olson. So I don't know if we covered it. Uh, I want a first baseman. Obviously blowing it or blowing it up. Basically, they're pulling the scheme from Major League. If anyone's ever seen the movie Major League, they're literally pulling the scheme from Major League. They are purposely tanking the roster and tanking um, perks on ticket sales to actually drop attendance to the point where they can move the team to Vegas. That's literally what they're trying to do. It like I can't prove it on paper, but I can take all the information that I've been seeing from Oakland and theorize that that's pretty much what they're doing. So to do that, they want to go from like a they want to drop their payroll from like one ten or whatever it was to like thirty, which would be their payroll. They want less than what Max Scherzer is making right now. So <laughs> in order to do that, they'd have to unload everybody. So that would mean. Uh, Olsen, that would mean Chapman, that would mean Manaya, that would mean Montes, that would mean all those other veteran guys who are on weird big uh, contracts. The only guys that would probably be safe are guys like Ramon Lariano and um, their catcher, Sean Murphy, who is still on small contracts. But as far as Matt Olsen goes to the Yankees, I mean, that's the ideal fit. Here's my only question, though. Let's say you get Matt Olsen. What do you do with the rest of the infield? Because my original idea was LeMahieu moving to first. If you bring in Matt Olson, what do you do with the rest of that infield? Because then you have Gio, Torres at second, and Torres. Torres at second, uh, Torres at second, or Charlotte short, LeMahieu. Who's the last guy there? LeMahieu at third? Yeah. Yep. Or I mean, I guess if you're going to sign Andrelton Simmons, you might as well just put Gio at short for the year. I don't like Angelton Simmons. He stinks. Oh, I hate Angelton Simmons. But the point, what the point I'm making is, if you're going to go after a short, uh, a stopgap, just short keep Geo anyway, there. Just keep Geo there. That's what I'm saying. But if you don't want a short stop, and then I think we wait for Volpe because they think he's the real deal. They do. And maybe you get lucky. Wait another. Maybe you get lucky for... with Volpe, and you get lucky with Peraza, Oswald Peraza, the other stuff. I think first of all, I think if there's a match, and then we're trade, close with Peraza's gone. That's yeah, me. probably. And probably. I've heard even that the A's were interested in Torres in an Olsen trade, which, I mean, you'd probably the package would probably be smaller at that point, but that would clear up some of the glut in the infield. True. I can't see the Yankees getting with Torres. He's still so young, and they still have a lot of control with Torres. It's only two more years. It's actually not as much as you may think, mainly because he started so young. That's a decent amount of control for a guy who yeah. really didn't do much last year. You know? Here's the other thing, though. Matt Olson had at least another year of control, though, too. What's his so contract, you know, Matt Olson? He's got – I think he's making 9.6 this year. So, he's, he hasn't signed his big deal. He's no. still an arbitration guy. No, he is guy. not signed. He is still an arbitration guy. He's got at least one more year of arbitration left. The thing that's the most shocking to me, and it's kind of, you know, getting off Olson going more on Freddie, he only wants $30 million a year. And the fact that obviously I would love him, you know, to come to New York, but the fact that the Braves couldn't say six one eighty, take it done. I will Stay bring you back to Braves. two years ago with the Braves, and I will bring you back to the Josh Donaldson negotiations. The same thing happened. The Braves are a weird team when it comes to contracts. They are another one of these teams that always tries to lowball their players. They always do this. 
and it's cost them key players in the past. So it didn't end up hurting them this time around, but it's you can't lose Freddie Freeman. You, you, you just you can't. You can't lose Freddie Freeman. And if they do, I don't think he's coming to the East Coast. You know, everybody's saying he's going back home. He's going to the Dodgers, which oh please I God no hate that. But yeah, please God no. The only other question I really have with the Yankees when it comes to at least shortstop is let's say it gets to the point where we're at the end of the lockout and some of these guys are looking for one-year deals, especially one guy whose market isn't as big as he once thought because he had a down year. Would you be willing to sign Trevor Story on a one-year prove-it deal? Let's not talk about a long contract because most people would obviously say no to that. A one-year deal, maybe. But a one-year, like, 13, something around, like, the qualifying offer, something around, like, 12.4, something like that. Would would you be willing to do that? To see yeah. if he can rejuvenate his uh, his stock with the Yankees. If it was one year, yeah. It was one I feel year. like I feel like one year deals are in a sense harmless because you can you're gonna make the money to cover it, so it's not a big deal. And when the season's over, he's free. So one year deals are kind of harmless, no matter really how much you pay the guy. But I don't like Trevor's story. I don't even want him for a year, even if it's a prove it year. This is a guy that is you know. His WRC plus, which is a huge stat that I kind of just learned how big of a meaning it is. Oh, yeah. He's all, he's like barely in the top half of the shortstops. All of his stats, you got to look at all the stats from cores. Yeah. I, I just I just don't think this Trevor Story hype is really is really there. And I'm I've not I'm not bought on him anymore. And I haven't been for a while. I, I really don't want Trevor Story. I will put it then again, way, I don't want at least the defense won't be too bad he's a good defense he's a great defensive shortstop i know his defensive metrics dropped a little bit last year but honestly i be i think it was because he didn't care in colorado yeah but i'll take a guy like geo who's on a six million dollar deal <laughs> who doesn't have the range but has a fantastic arm and yeah. is going to give you probably let's say 250 260 bad and average out of what the eight hole yeah and he's, and he's capable of hitting 20 to 25 bombs if he's healthy but it, it's very it is very like no i don't, don't want to say concerning i guess I don't know the right word. I'm just not really sure what this left side of the infield is going to really look like. Oh, you know, it's concerning. Oh, it, it, only, concerning is the right word. The only lock you got right now is Glaber's going to be your second baseman. You don't know where DJ's going to play. You don't know if Gio's playing third or short. I mean, if they don't sign Correa, Story, or Simmons, like, what do they do? Do they sign a first baseman and, and they run Gio at short? Do you trade for a guy like an Alberto Mondesi or a Nick Ahmed? Again, defensive guys, like okay, fine, but why didn't you just keep Tyler Wade and play him there then? Right. It's, it, it, it's, a, it's a weird situation. And the other – then there's other one other – at least one other. There's two really other big glaring holes for the Yankees. Honestly, the one nice thing for the Yankees is their pitching staff is relatively taken care of. We really don't need to do anything with the pitching. Hopefully, Seve uh, continues from his strong bullpen performance and turns that into a strong return as a starter. And then our rotation and our bullpen is pretty much set. Hopefully Chapman has a bit of a bounce back and looks more like what he did at the beginning of the year. If not, maybe just move the wise to the closing spot and go from there. The other two spots that are of concern to me, the bigger one is center field. Um, I've said this a few times. I think Aaron Hicks should be shot into the sun. Uh, I, I have a deep, deep hatred of Aaron Hicks. I've never liked him. I've, but I remember, I remember when I heard his contract had been extended. I was driving my truck, this old 2006 Nissan pickup truck, down the road, and I heard this extension. I pulled over and literally started punching the steering wheel. That's how pissed I was that they gave him this massive deal. I just, oh my! Somebody, somebody else talked before I go on. It's an all, it's an awful deal. Seven years, seventy million. I get that it's only ten million a year, and that's probably cheap for an average center fielder. But yeah, like you said, Aaron Hicks, he's not good. Um, he's a below average hitter. He's an okay fielder, but at that point, I'd rather get a center fielder. I'd rather. The other problem with him is center field. He lost his arm. He got yeah, Tommy John, and his arm has never been the same. He, he yeah, his arm's dead. It's like and, him and Gardner thrown out there together. His arm was I mean, the only reason he could dead. play center field. He's not fast enough to play center field otherwise. I know, and I, I really don't know what's going to go on. Now there's talk that uh, Kevin Kiermeyer is, but you know, they were, you know, potentially the Rays were looking into getting rid of him. And the Yankees, I would love na- that. The Yankees' name was brought up. Here, I don't, I just don't see it because they're rivals. I don't see the Rays doing that. I see it more likely that they just sign him next offseason. 
I could I could see that, but I'm but just saying Kiermaier I, is available. I love Kevin Kiermaier as a player. Um, I've always been a fan of his. He is a phenomenal center fielder. I still think he's the best defensive center fielder in baseball. Um, the guy just has a spider web attached to his glove. Um, and the bat, while it's never been great, it's been there enough at times. He has, he's a, he's had some clutch hits in his career with Tampa. He was kind of the face of that franchise for a while. And shocking, guess where he hits the best outside of, uh, outside of Tampa? Yankee Stadium. <laughs> he's always been a Yankee killer, especially at Yankee Stadium. And just, I don't know, putting a guy like that in center field, I, I would just love it, you know, having, having him out there, he could make life easier on our bigger corner outfielders so they don't have to go nuts all the time. He can sit in that eight or nine hole, probably probably the nine hole, and you just you plug him and you don't have to worry about the defense in the outfield. I think I think that'd be an awesome trade. But like you know, Gav said, I don't see it happening. I don't think Tampa would ever try and do anything to help the Yankees. <laughs> um, the last couple of years, it's been pretty intense Yankees Tampa rivalry. Mm. It's honestly probably been more than the Red Sox-Yankees. We haven't really seen a crazy Red Sox-Yankees rivalry, you know, crazy. Oh, this year was I pretty mean, intense. This year, we, we you know, we this met him. Was pretty well, it was really because Boston won the World Series and the Yankees were meh, kind of. They're like, they were there, but they weren't really, they didn't really run in the Boston. You know, it's been kind of one-sided lately. Whenever, like, either the Yankees dominate the season uh, series or Boston does. Like, there's no real, for a while, for the season series, there hadn't been much of a, uh, a deadlock in that sense but i the al east is about to get really interesting i agree with you there but i agree and the last thing really to talk about with the yankees is the catcher spot uh the plan it seems is to tender gary sanchez for the last year of his arbitration you know after Jan Gomes came off the market, I don't necessarily blame the yankees because there really wasn't a lot of options unless you were going to go get roberto perez or trade for Jacob Stallings, which we missed out on Stallings. We, we missed miss him. On Stallings. That's a big. I think we should have got him. I didn't even think he was on the market. He's got like three years of team control left. Yeah, I know. Gold Glover, something something we actually need behind the plate. You could hit. You could hit okay. Hubbard. So I mean, we just I gotta mean, hope Gary has a bounce back year. That's what we've been hoping for for the last two years, and hopefully Higashioka develops his bat a little bit more or something. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I mean, he hit. He only hit like 180 last year, but yeah. And all right, let's get into the last little part here uh, of this offseason. Is the the signings throughout the league that will affect uh, the Yankees and Mets? We'll start with the Mets, Ricky. If you want to give us a breakdown here. Um, I mean, I was looking up, you know, all the National League East signings. Really, nothing you know, crazy, you know, obviously Washington, they're not going to be competitive for years, you know, Philly's a a mediocre team. They lose Nurse. They sign Nate Corey Knable, you know, kind of going to be a 500 team again. Obviously the Braves were nothing special. They just turned it on the postseason, you know, and with the loss of Freddie Freeman, um, I think the division's open for the Mets. The Mets should win this division. That's if Freddie Freeman doesn't come back. Right. That's true. But it's still even even if Freddie does come back, I think the Mets should win this division, and not that it's going to be easy, but I don't think it should be a tough battle. Like I don't remember the Braves are getting Acuna back too. Yeah, but I just I just think that this Mets team is going to be built. I don't think that they should have to scoreboard watch come September. They should. They probably will, but I don't think they should have to. The only other big one is really Avisael Garcia to the Marlins. That's an underrated move. Uh, Garcia is a good corner outfielder, really solid uh, hitter. Uh, I think Miami really just needs like a star bat to put them over the top. Their pitching's loaded. Uh, the big one really is not a free energy signing. It's a re-signing. They re-signed, uh, was it Sandy Alcantara? I believe the Marlins re-signed, locked up. I believe and then so. acquiring Jacob Stallings in that trade and then sending uh, Jorge Alfaro to the Padres, uh, solidifying their defense behind the dish. Uh, and as far as the effect uh, signs that affect the Yankees, uh, Gab, if you want to run us through it real quick. Yeah, sure. So for the Yankees, Baltimore lost their catcher, Pedro Severino. Um, this kind of just, we see uh, Adley Rushman probably this year? 
I'm guessing that's what it means. Um, the young stud. Um, I think he's going to be a fantastic ball player. He's got the makings to be a superstar. Um, Severino's gone. I think that means that makes way for Ruxman. Uh, Baltimore gets signs Rugnet Odor. Um, he'll just be a utility infielder or maybe even get some uh, starting minutes. Um, Tampa Bay traded reliable third baseman Joey Wendell to the Miami Marlins. The Marlins are trying to, to do be something. Just Tampa Bay moves that make no sense, but will somehow yeah. work out for them in the end. I mean, wasn't Wendell a 40 home run guy or no? Uh, you're thinking, uh, no, uh, you're thinking Wendell, of Brandon Lowe. Yeah, you're thinking of, you're thinking of Lau. Um, but it's guys. easy to but Wendell Wendell bat Wendell batted over 270, had over 20 home runs. He's a reliable defender. Um, gets on base. He's a great little player for Miami. Uh, Tampa Bay loses Michael Waka to the Red Sox. The Red Sox signed him. He, uh, not very not a very good pitcher, but kind of just an arm. To just a decent maybe, depth guy. Decent yeah, guy. decent depth guy. Maybe make a, a spot start. Um, obviously Tampa Bay signs Kluber one year, 8 million, just trying to rehabilitate him, try to get, build him back up to be something. Maybe, um, Tampa Bay, Brooks Raley, two year, 10 million per, uh, or five per, but, um, nice little signing Red Sox lost Erod to the Tigers. Um, Erod kind of was getting more reliable as the season went on. Had an ERA in the mid fours. Still whatever. recovering from that. A lefty he had with COVID. Yep, a lefty arm. Um, also, James Paxton, former Yankee and Mariner, one year, ten million deal. Uh, deal club option in 23-24. Um, Boston, like I said, signed Waka, one year, seven. And then Toronto, losing Robbie Ray, the Cy Young winner, to the Mariners. Mariners trying to bulk up to make out to go on another playoff run. Um, we, they lost Semyon to the Rangers, obviously seven year, $175 million contract for Semyon Toronto lost Steven Matz. That was a whole big thing with Steve Cohen going on Twitter and running his mouth about, the, <laughs> about Matz's agent. Uh, Matz ended up signing with the St. Louis Cardinals four year deal. Um, Toronto, they lost Kirby Yates, never really used him anyways, but Kirby Yates is gone. He's no longer with Toronto. Blue, uh, the Blue Jays did have a big splurge, though, here with this signing. Kevin Gosman, five-year, $110 million. They threw the bag at him, $22 million per year. Gosman was never really good before he came to San Francisco, kind of just like a, another random young arm, and then now blew up with the, uh, the Giants this year. He's on the Blue Jays now. He got paid. And then the Blue Jays going out and getting Yimmy Garcia, two-year, $11 million contract, five-and-a-half per, a nice little bullpen arm, former Marlin. Um, and yeah, that for the Yankees, you know, a lot of these got a lot of losses is what I'm seeing actually, yeah. which is good. Um, especially from Toronto, get. Toronto has a few, Toronto. few players that they lost there. Um, obviously they lose Simeon. I don't think their lineup will hurt that much because Bichette and Guerrero and hope, and for their sake, hope, uh, Springer may bounce back and Teoscar yeah, Hernandez. They have a lot of guys. Um, they are going to have to refine a replacement. I don't think you can start Kevin Biggio at second base all year. I just don't think that's going to work. I don't yep. think Lewis Correale at first, uh, second base is going to work all year either. So they'll have to find a replacement there. Here's the thing I don't get. If you're going to go throw that money at Kevin Gosman, why did you not just re-sign Robbie Ray? That's the part I don't get. The contracts weren't all that different. Why, why go out and get a guy who wasn't here last year instead of keeping the guy who won the Cy Young with your team? That's the, I, just a weird no. move that I don't get. I, I kind of agree. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what the deal was with that. It's Gosman's great. I love Gosman, though. He was so good with San Francisco last season. The only thing is that he goes from a division uh, with a lot of pitchers' ballparks to coming back to a division where he struggled with a lot of hitters' ballparks. I'm not mad about it as a Yankee fan. (laughs) No, I mean, I think Kevin – but, I mean, you know, the Blue Jays, that's a good front uh, front four rotation uh, with Barrios locked up. Uh, Hinjin Ryu still, Alex Monet, and now Kevin Gossman. That's a good for the Blue Jays are primed for a playoff run. And you know what? They scare me. The Blue Jays scare me. I mean, it beat up the Yankees last year. Demian Gunn is nice because he killed the Yankees last year. Hit a billion home runs. But wow. uh, The Blue Jays are ready for a run. It's going to be interesting to see going in the rest of the year. And then really just a quick overview of the rest of the offseason. Uh, not much if we really want to talk about much. I think I'm just going to go with all three of us here. Rick, we'll start with you. Your, 
wouldn't say biggest signing, but your like your favorite signing this year, your, the move you liked the most for the team that made it. Um, I'm not going to just state the obvious one with the Rangers here. I'm actually going to go with Seattle, a team that was in on the playoff push towards the end of the year last year. And, you know, probably were only that one key arm or that one key hitter away. And they went out and they signed the American League Cy Young, Robbie Ray, and they traded for Adam Frazier. So now they got they got their stud ace behind, you know, with a one-two punch with Kikuchi. Obviously, he struggled late in the second half, um, but he had obviously shown the signs. He was uh, pitching phenomenal to start the season off um, until really the Yankees killed him that one game. I think we put like seven on him, but I think they got a solid one-two punch with Ray and Kikuchi. Um, and then Adam Frazier is just a quality, quality 300 hitter, leadoff type, two hole hitter guy. Um, Mitch Hanniger's a monster. JP Crawford's solid. You know, you got Kalenic and Kyle Lewis. You hope that they can. Abraham Toro played great too. Abraham Toro. Abraham Toro I think. Yeah. I think this Mariners team is going to really be a surprise to a lot of people, and this is a, a team capable of winning 90 to 94 games and and getting in there as a second wild card this year. I think the Mariners are going to be a a solid playoff team. Not a playoff team, but at least they're going to they're going to be in it and they're going to make a run. Yeah, and as we could see, Tigers bulking up a little bit, right? Cuz they got Baez at that 6-year 140 mil, 23 and a third per, right? I don't think a lot of uh, people realize the Tigers were really good in the second half of last they year. Were, they, they were. They were. Exactly. AJ Hinch as much as you hate him is a great manager. He's a great he's manager. Set. He is yeah, a fantastic he's set. manager. I mean, uh, you know what bothers me so much about the whole Astros thing? is that they probably didn't even need to cheat. That core was so talented. The coaching was good. Pitching was, yeah, everything was there. You're right. Yeah, and then probably, I would say probably the team that went out and splurged the most, we could say, is the Texas Rangers. Oh, absolutely. Dropping a staggering amount of money, committing a ton of money to players. Corey Seager, 10-year, $325 million contract, 32 and a half per year. You asked the question, Ricky, with the Mets' two aces. I'll ask that question to you guys now with this. Is this the best middle infield in baseball, Semyon and Seager? It's damn near close. I mean, if you're going to get almost 70 home runs, if not potentially more, depending how Seager will do, you know, obviously Semyon can't repeat a 40-something home run season probably, but if you're going to be getting that production out of your second baseman and then you have your star shortstop, in my opinion, they got the best middle infield just with these two signings right there. They got, they got, they got that middle infield for seven years locked up. Although, you know, the Simeon contract towards the end, he is a little bit older in age. Um, he is. But for now, for the first, I don't know, let's say four years of that signing, that's going to be a nasty, nasty middle infield. And that's an AL West that honestly, if the Astros, the Astros are going to start losing some guys soon. Bregman's up for a deal soon. Um, their pitching staff is really young. You know, their bullpen's gutted a little bit. The Angels aren't exactly there. The A's are blowing it up. The Mariners are competitive, but they're not like world beaters yet. This is this might be an open AL West. You're right. I think the Angels are trying to build something. It looks like they signed Syndergaard. They're hoping he could be an absolute stud like he they, was. Yeah, uh, they re-signed Raziel Iglesias, which was yeah, huge, 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 big one of the best closers huge in baseball last year. Yeah. They need more pitching in the starting rotation. They need another. That's offense. why they went out and got Syndergaard. That's why they threw the money at him. They, they, you know, need, the Mets, they need the Mets prime Syndergaard, and they need one more guy in that rotation. I don't know who it is, but they need one more guy. Quickly, I, I want my, them to go. Uh, I want them to go out and get one more bat yeah. to, to help with Otani Trout. Trout's coming Trout back. back. Uh, Jared Walsh had a great. Jared career. Walsh, yeah, he was fantastic. David Fletcher is still a good second baseman. Um, Anthony, they Rendon, have some pieces. Anthony Rendon, you hope, comes back. Uh, you hope for guys like Brandon Marsh or Joe Adele to develop a little bit more, give you some more depth with your outfield. I think Rendon's going to be a big part if this team is going to be good or not. Because he Absolutely. really – you know, even and, when he uh, was healthy, even, he was not good. Even Justin Upton, can he uh, can he bounce back a little bit, give them one – That one guy just hits home runs against the Yankees. It's all he does. <laughs> <laughs> it's all yes, he does. He does. Um, and who knows, maybe Tyler Wade can have a breakout year for them. The Angels, I'd Angels, love could, be, the Angels could be really good. They could be really good. Uh, but my uh, sneaky signing that I think is really interesting is Kendall Graveman to the White Sox. Another bullpen uh, arm. Another, another bullpen, bullpen arm. arm. Is Kimbrel still 
with them or is he a free agent? Still with them. He is still with them. I'm pretty sure. I haven't heard okay. his name. I haven't heard. I haven't heard his name floating around. So I, I haven't still heard it either, which it leads me to believe maybe they have like a player option or something in that contract, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. But wow. But you what bring. You now have a three-headed monster of Hendricks, Kimbrell, and Graveman. That is filthy. And you still have Aaron Bummer, who's fantastic. You still fantastic. have Aaron Bummer. You still have Michael Kopech. That bullpen's gonna be filthy. It is disgusting. Thing, the you biggest thing to is the big crochet, yeah, crochet, 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 crochet. And you know, but the big thing you need your pitcher, your third starting pitcher could throw fuck freaking two innings. Yeah, and then you go right to that bullpen. But Carlos the Rondon. Thing, that's the big thing I was just about to mention is the biggest pitcher still left on the market, Carlos Rondon. Maybe that's who the Angels throw money at. He's he's fantastic. Great All pitcher. right, I think that's going to wrap up this very special baseball edition of Grand Central Sports. Thank you all for hopefully sitting through this whole thing and listening to us break down this incredibly wild MLB offseason. Hopefully, we'll end up talking about something the Yankees have done positive the next time we're on the air, but who knows? We will be back to regular formatting uh, next week. Again, thank you all very much for listening. For Gavin O'Grady and Ricky Valerio, I'm Andrew Vancura, and this is GCS signing off.